Hey friends, Jonathan here. Welcome to the Encounter Podcast, a place where we can share stories of radical encounters with God and have honest conversations about what it means to live a life after Jesus. I hope the things we discuss here leave you both encouraged and challenged. So with that being said, let's get on with the podcast. All right, well, hey, y'all. So once again, two times in a row, got my good friend Ernie with me. Um, so he was on the podcast last week, talked about fear. If you haven't listened listened to it, you should definitely go listen to it because it was fire. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so welcome, Ernie, again. Thank for the you. second time. Thank yeah. you so much. One of my yeah. favorite things to do is be on these podcasts. Hey, come on. So... Today, I thought we'd just talk about unity in the church. And uh, this past week, Kanye West released a new album, Jesus is King. Jesus is King. So, um, yeah, basically just listening to it. And, um, you know, I just kind of started realizing, like, there's a lot of controversy around today. Mm -hmm. Like, I saw this screenshot on instagram of of a twitter post about i'll just try and summer summarize it and like sum it up so that i don't talk for five thousand years because we all know i don't do the short version of anything but (laughs) (laughs) basically it was just this place where this person was like i mean if i'm just being honest they were kind of like if you're white keep your opinions to yourself even though they were talking about how like white evangelical Christians were giving rave reviews. And it's like, I just read this and I'm like in this place of like, man, why can't people just like, why can't people just be excited? You know, why is it gotta be this whole deal? It's why is it gotta be, why are we making something out of nothing? You know, like Mm -hmm. why can't we just be excited as Christians that Kanye is talking about Jesus, you know, like, That's awesome. That's amazing, you know? And so it just got me thinking about just the unity in the church and how, like, there's actually a lot of ways where the church right now is actually just, just debating, you know, and just arguing and, and, and really just not living at peace. And and then out of that debate and that argument, there comes judgment and just, and it's just so divisive. Right. And so like, you know, in the Bible, the word actually just talks about how unity is something that God actually really values and mm-hmm. and how it's actually just so pleasing to him for the body of Christ as Christians to actually just live in unity and to operate as a body, right? So, yeah, so we're going to talk about unity in the church. And so I thought just to start it off that, Ernie, I, I just hit you with a question. You ready for it? I am. All right. All right. So the question is, how are you seeing disunity affect the church right now? For me, I would say the biggest disunity that I see is when churches, well, there's just so many churches around, and when churches almost bash each other or kind of trash talk each other just because of the way that they say, th- say certain things or believe certain things about God. And I think because of that, like, we can't actually, like, it's actually not right for us to judge other churches in that sense because 
a church can grow up or there's two different church let's say there's two different churches but those two churches each have each grew up in a sense where there was two different cultures and so if a church has a different culture people in the church have grew up in this different culture in this different sphere of society and then they believe certain things and view the bible certain ways because it was handed down from to them from their grandparents and so forth, right? There's just so much that has to do with a church being a church and believing what they believe. And then let's say there's a new church that starts up and it's actually young people. And now these two, now just because these young people have actually completely almost disregarded the things that their, the older people have went through. So it's like a generational thing now, right? Because now this church is growing up and it's young people leading it. It's young people seeing God in a different way. And God is encountering them a different way. Whereas maybe God isn't encountering the people in this older generation the same way. So now there's there's disunity because now there's two different churches kind of viewing God in a different way. And then they start almost the language that they use towards each other is actually... I think what's causing the disunity because the reality is the fact is that they're serving the same God it's the same God it's the same Jesus but now because of their upbringing because of culture it actually causes them to view it a different way or they view God in a different way and yes some of it is religion and yes that all is kind of hard to navigate with that because Religion can honestly come out of a place where God tells you to do something and then you you do that the second time the same way. It almost That's what religion is. Like the moment you do something twice. You like put a formula to it. Yeah. And so you've created now this religion, but in your heart, like let's say if you put yourself in other people's shoes, like in the heart of those people, they're still serving God and they're serving God to the best that they know. And then the younger or different generation will actually kind of essentially be free from that kind of religion or be free almost past that state of revelation with God, essentially, you know. And so now the language that they use, like, oh, be careful, guys, don't go, when you go around them, just be careful because they believe um, things this way or they... They view God in this way. Mm-hmm. And now there's almost a little bit of tension that causes there. Mm-hmm. Or that is caused there. And then that's where the disunity comes. And now it's almost impossible for those two churches to come together and actually just host yeah. host each other, you know? Like imagine if there was, in one city, there was 35 churches all coming together mm-hmm. like once a year to just kind of glorify God and just worship Him. Do you know what I mean? Like how awesome wouldn't that be? But how often do you actually see that because there's actually just so much hurt from each other and so much um, gossip and stuff that happens that the language that we use towards other churches and towards each other has actually caused disunity. Yeah. Now there's almost not, any, not even a place where there's a desire to actually unify each other as a body of Christ, which is kind of sad to see, but also kind of in a sense you can see where the work needs to be done right yeah so yeah kind of my thoughts on it you know you hit like generational disunity right like Mm -hmm. between like the older generation and the younger generation and 
and the different ways that they worship and, and do things like that and, and serve God. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also like denominational as well. Like yeah. there's just so many different, like so many different denominations and even just within denominations, there's different ways of expressing that denomination. And so mm-hmm. there's just so many different like ways of doing it. And it's just super easy to like, just hate. Just yeah, hate definitely. It's super easy just to even judge yeah. and criticize. And it's like, you know, especially cause there's just so many like Christians who like, especially when you're not a first generation Christian, but you actually like, you get into like second, third, fourth generation Christians, like you, this is all you've ever known your whole life, mm-hmm. you know, like, and so when you don't know any better then it's like, it's easy to walk into a situation where someone does something differently and, and you actually just don't understand. Mm-hmm. And then out of that not understanding comes that judgment, right? And you just, you just slip into judgment and you don't even like, it just happens, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but I think it's pretty, like, being in YWAM, we've got kind of a unique situation or opportunity or or whatever you want to call it, but, like, because, you know, YWAM is, like, well, I guess everyone listening to this may not know, but, um, so YWAM is interdenominational, actually, so when people come for um, discipleship training schools or even just, like, staff or whatever, like, people come into YWAM bases and they come from all kinds of different backgrounds. Like, and that's not even just denominationally, but that's like culturally as well. And and like, so you just have so many different people from so many different backgrounds and they just are just different, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and they operate differently and, and they think about things differently and, and the way like even down to, how you eat food or things like that, you know, like, like it's just different. Right. And so you get, when you, when you come to YWAM, you get thrust into this place where everyone around you is just different and everyone has their own way of doing things and their own way of thinking about things. And you have your own way of doing things and thinking about things. And you gotta, you're kind of thrust into this place where, okay, now I've actually got to figure out how to live with you you know Mm -hmm. because when you live in the same room as three other people in a a bunk bed in two bunk beds (laughs) and you're all very different people and you function very differently and sometimes those differences clash like it's not like you can just go to your room and be by yourself like no they're literally like less than a meter away from you (laughs) (laughs) you know so you get like you really get stuck in this situation where it's like, okay, I actually have to figure this out. Like I have to figure out how to, how to actually live with you and, and be at peace and actually find a way to be unified with you and to understand you. And so, yeah, I think it's just, it's just really interesting. Like the, that whole thing, <laughs> but, yeah. but it's actually like super interesting. Cause you know, Ernie, like, I know you actually come from a Mennonite background, which is quite a bit different than, well, from what I understand, it's quite a bit different than, you know, YWAM and, and the way we operate here. Like, we're actually quite charismatic. <laughs> and, and so it's just different. So could you maybe share, like, a little bit about that journey of, of you coming to YWAM and, and actually just encountering those differences and it being different than how you grew up and, yeah, what that journey was like for you? 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like growing up in a Mennonite culture and growing up in a Mennonite church, a Mennonite school and all that stuff, there was there was so much of almost not being I guess not being part of the outside world, if that makes sense. Like whereas Mennonites would almost kind of cause or kind of bring in their own little world. And within that, they would have their own religion, their own speech, and their own um, expression of worship, their own expression of the gospel, and their own expression of values and morals and stuff like that, right? And which is all good, and it's great. I actually really, really appreciate my upbringing that of where I came from with my, my mom and dad and teaching me all the things that they did, um, what they thought was right and what they knew what was right, right? And honestly, I was just so, coming to YWAM, it was a huge, huge shift. Do you know what I mean? Like, I come from a church where boys sit on one side and girls sit on the other, you know? And then I come to YWAM and now I'm, now I'm in a room full of people and everybody's sitting wherever they want. But there's people who are Catholics, there's people who are not even saved, people who have never even heard of God, and then there's a Mennonite boy, and there's some charismatic people who, when they hear a worship song, they're on stage waving a flag and dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I'm, I walk into this room and I, I see so many different cultures, I see so many different expressions of worship, different expressions of um, cultures. And here I am kind of going, what did I walk into? Where am I, you know? And yeah, like it was a bit of a hard journey because I had to just kind of question a lot of things like, okay, God, like I know you're with me, you're with me, but you're also with that other person, Mm -hmm. right? And so God, would you actually just help me see the line and see the place where the way that you see them as well as the way that you see me. And if there's any religion that it is causing me to actually disconnect from you, would you just take it away, you know? And so there was a huge time of, like, shifting and time of growing where I needed to do. And along with, I guess, just having, and this could be with any religion or with any sort of upbringing culture, like, you would actually, like, you almost judge according to what you know. Right, so you would judge the other person according to yourself. And then, so there was a lot of times where I would have to just actually just kind of check myself and I had to almost train my mind to not judge anymore. You know, because it was so quick to judge. Like it was like somebody dancing on stage waving a flag, but they're doing it to worship God and they're doing it. Yeah. They're just, it's just like, it's actually just an expression. And for me, I'm kind of going, why are they dancing? It's so weird. You know, and I'm just, and then me, I'm just sitting in my pew and I'm just standing there. Like, I'm not moving my hands, I'm not doing any form of expression. And then I was just almost found myself actually being too busy looking at other people and actually caring what they thought about me. And there was just almost, that's when, like, there was just almost like that fear and insecurity and stuff, right? But it took a while for me to actually just start to see the other things and kind of retrain my mind and renew it in order for me to see through the lens that Jesus saw them through. And, yeah, there was a lot of beauty in it because I had this amazing revelation where even just from my 
because I had a little bit of bitterness towards it as well, towards my church back home, because I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I find myself just actually judging people so easily because of what they believe and what they, the way that they express themselves, themselves to God. And I found myself actually just getting a little bit bitter because I'm kind of the thoughts of, man, you taught me wrong. You did this, you did that. Yeah. Now I have all these religious thoughts in my head, right? And there was almost a place where I had to just renew my mind and kind of rethink the way that I, I, I was thinking and kind of just had to go back to the Bible, you know? Like everything had to be brought back to the Bible. Like it's like, okay, yes, here's the belief of one thing, but when I'm looking at the Bible and scripturally and like reading in context and things like that, like it's actually not like that. And so I had to renew my mind in, in a way and actually have the same view that God viewed them as. And so it was a lot of breakthrough because, you know, next thing I knew, a few weeks later in worship, I'm starting to raise my hands because for me, I'm believing that God is actually going to come and meet me, yeah. you know, and if it's if it causes me to actually... If breakthrough caused me to, or if breakthrough needed me to actually raise my hands, then I was willing to do it, right? Because sometimes we're actually looking for breakthrough in certain ways of, um, I guess, just upbringing and culture. Like, man, that person dances like that. I would never do that because my religion taught me this way, you know? But then for me, it was like God was like almost challenging me. Like, it's, man, Ernie, if I asked you to do that, would you do it? You know, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, like this goes against everything that I, the way, this goes against the way that I view you. Yeah. This goes against everything that I believe in. But God, if it's you, I'm willing to step out in faith and actually do it. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden I started to raise my hands. And I had this really cool revelation just of how a church can actually grow up, a person can actually grow up in a church and actually receive so much culture and all that can actually train your mind in a sense and you grow up and you have all these ways of doing things and ways of serving God and the reality is is that's all you know, right? And so if that's all you know, then you're actually incomplete you're actually right with God because it's almost like you're almost accounted to, you're accounted to as much as you know. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so you're, in a in a sense, like your heart posture is still in the right place because you're in a place where you're worshiping God. Like if we take it back to my Mennonite church and my how the boys would sit on one side and the women would sit on the other, or the men and the women... Like, if they're doing that in reverence to God, in obedience to God, that's actually, that would actually be, I, for me, the way that I would view that is it would actually be counted to them as righteous. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't, like, yes, there would be a sense of religion, but I think God is, God would actually be able to look past that. And in due time, like, there would be a place where, obviously, God would train up a pastor and train up the church, and there would definitely be a place where, God would want them to walk in greater freedom, right? And then he would raise up a pastor and raise up teachers and stuff, and slowly sometimes breakthrough would happen, right? And that could go with anything as well. So if you take it back to somebody who's completely charismatic and he goes into a Mennonite church or goes into a Catholic church or something, 
where they see so much religion and they're just like, oh, I don't want to be part of this because they don't worship the way that I do, yeah. you know? And it's like, it's actually just the same way. Like, there's actually no difference between the two, yeah. you know? And it's like, man, if you can actually humble yourself, like imagine if somebody could humble themselves and actually go into a place like that and still be in complete worship to God, yeah. with God. And imagine a religious person or somebody who is, let's say, a Mennonite for me, like when I walked into a church who was completely charismatic, like would I, knowing now, like I would be able to walk into a church like that and I would actually be in a place of complete worship because worship isn't just how, like what the songs are and what the music is. Worship is just a matter of your heart posture towards God, right? And so... Yeah, there was a, it's been a long journey in that. And, you know, now I've been with YWAM for two years and I've seen so many different cultures and so many different forms of religion and expressions of worship towards God. So, but I'm really thankful. I love, I love being able to go back home as well and going back to my church, my Mennonite church. And, you know, I just walk in there kind of just smiling and being like, man, this is actually, like, it's quite shocking. And like when I tell people as well, they're, they're just going, what? That's crazy that you come from that, you know? And for me, I just find it so beautiful because I'm so willing to go, go home and go to my church and just be a part of it. Yeah. Like for me, like I don't even care if they're singing, song, singing songs, like hymns from books that are 400 years old. Like for me, like when I go back home, I'll... I'll get rid of my ripped skinny jeans, I'll throw on a button-up shirt, and I'll tuck it in, and I'll walk into church, but I, but my heart posture will still be in a place of complete worship to God, right? And I will do my best to actually get something out of the message and get something out of church, right? And I think all that begins in a place of heart posture. And if you're willing to humble yourself and become all to win some, like Paul talks about that as well, you know? Like, what a beautiful thing. And even for somebody who is in a place of kind of going, nope, church has to be like this, church has to be like this. Like imagine if that person was able to humble themselves as well and go to a different church and be like, man, I see that I see all these people. And yes, they don't do it the way that I would, but the reality is it's still the same God. It's the same Jesus. And why not work together? Yeah. Like why? Why trash talk each other? Why not just be, hey, it's cool that you believe what you believe and you do your expression to God is this way. And if it helps, I'm actually just going to close my eyes and I'm going to just worship God here alone, yeah. you know, in a sense. So then it wouldn't, you would almost kind of train your mind to kind of look away from religion and kind of train your mind to look away from like judging other people yeah. in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like... You know, I kind of relate. Um, I mean, I definitely did not <laughs> grow up in anything like a Mennonite church at all. I grew up in a non-denominational mega church. <laughs> <laughs> so very, very, very different. Um, and uh, yeah, but I like, I mean, we definitely like weren't crazy charismatic. Like people like didn't really like raise their hands or anything. But mm. But it wasn't like, you know, people weren't like crazy about like if you did raise your hands or something like that, you know, like, yeah. but it just wasn't, there just wasn't a lot of like visibility on like 
just like expressing worship in your own way mm-hmm. and so like i remember <laughs> when i was in high school um i actually went so my sister is part of like a, a very charismatic church um it might be pentecostal i'm not sure <laughs> um but so but they like are like full on like you know like speaking in tongues like they'll take a lap for jesus and <laughs> run around, you know like they just and and so it's like Wow. Um, <laughs> so, just a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just a lot. Um, and so I like was in high school and they had this like summer camp. Right. And so I like was doing tech stuff and, um, I actually was like, Oh cool. Like I'll, I'll just come do some like lighting stuff for your camp. And so I like went and man, I just like remember just seeing them and it was like people's like speaking in tongues and like, doing like prayer lines at the end and like people getting slain by the spirit. And I'm just like, I was like looking at this and just never encountered anything like this before. And I'm just like, this is freaking weird. Like, and I was totally in that place of like, basically just full on judgment. Like, yeah. Like I literally was like, this is like a freaking cult. Get me out. And I literally left like in the middle of it. Like I didn't stay for the whole thing. Right. But (laughs) But then I, like, come to YWAM, right? And it's a lot of the same stuff. Like, people are praying in tongues and, like, people, like... <laughs> the other day... Um, oh, where were we? <laughs> we're, I was somewhere on the base. And then you just hear somebody yell, like, just like, Jesus! Like, in the other room. And, like, one of the students was like, what, what just happened? I'm like, ah, oh, that's common here. <laughs> you know, like for people to just yell out Jesus out of nowhere or like, you know, to just do whatever, like, you know, crazy stuff just to get breakthrough and, you know, to break off fear or whatever, you know, like just doing what they got to do to walk with Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, and so like had a lot of the, the same feelings, but then, you know, I come here and, and Dave, he, Dave is the base leader, um, for, for while on Gold Coast and, you know, and, and he just starts talking about like worship and different styles and, and, you know, like, Hey, we're actually just about like you being free to worship in the way that you worship. Right. And Mm -hmm. to express yourself the way that you need to express yourself. And just started talking about like this idea of seeking to understand before you judge someone. So it's like, Oh wow. Like, okay. I see Ernie over here is praying in tongues during this worship set. Like I could sit over here and be like, oh, that's freaking weird. Like this is a freaking cult. Like, uh, or I could actually just go up to Ernie afterwards and I could be like, Hey Ernie, I noticed you were like speaking what sounded like gibberish <laughs> during that like worship set. Like what, what was going on there? You know? And then, and actually just coming into this place of like, you just seek to understand. Yeah. And definitely. then, you know, and it's like, and I like just kind of see that, like, even as you were sharing, like, the idea of seeking to understand first is mm-hmm. actually the key to to unity, like into avoiding that that judgment and that like harshness that we like to approach people with differences with, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it's like okay, you know, for you like came from Mennonite background, come into this like charismatic place, right? And it's like oh, you're you're dancing like that's just so weird, right? <laughs> but then. In reality, the issue was that you actually just didn't understand. Yeah. You didn't understand that, like, whoa, this is actually 
how they're connecting with God right now. Mm-hmm. This is how they're relating with them, right? And you actually didn't understand how God actually sees that person, mm. right? And you had to seek for that understanding, right? And then even on the flip side, like, okay, I'm being open to this and God's challenging me in this. And now I'm starting to feel bitterness or whatever towards my home <laughs> church, right? Yeah. And it's like, even in that, like, in that bitterness, you needed to come into this place of understanding, like, hey, they actually, like, this is all they've known. And so they're actually still worshiping God in their own way, right? And so mm-hmm. it's like for both sides of that, just seeking to understand so that you can actually, like, you can actually just love them well and you can actually see them where they are at. Yeah, definitely. And you're not just looking at it with the one-dimensional face value view, mm-hmm. but you're seeing what's going on on a deeper level. Yeah, that's so good. Definitely, I think there's such a beautiful place where, because it's actually okay to disagree with people on certain things. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you understand that other person, that will actually cause connection. Because, like, let's say you have a little issue with a friend, and you go, oh, hey, bro, like, just kind of, you do this kind of stuff, so it, it weirds me out a little bit, and I don't like it. And then your friend is just, it, you kind of have to hear your friend's story mm. and kind of hear his side of the thing. Like if it is a certain situation and once you hear his side, it almost just like causes you to, once you understand, you're like, oh, wow. It almost gives you like grace for the person. Yeah. And that person will get grace for you because you sought to understand that person. Yeah. And so I think it works the same way within a church. Like if there's churches being able to come together and actually just understanding where they both came from and not constantly trying to change each other yeah like imagine if there was just so much unity where churches did come together and they just sought to understand each other and where they were from and kind of made steps to just working together on certain things like just finding things that they do agree on and then moving forward with those yeah you know and then all of a sudden there's ministries that are burst or something like that you know like how awesome would that be yeah. And so that one is huge, like definitely to try and understand somebody. And yeah, just being able to stay away from complete judgment yeah. is it's an amazing thing. And just even like drawing it back to this Kanye album, like he seeing like his life where he came from and seeing kind of the music that he did produce, like a lot of it was actually, it was just what the rap world is and the culture that he was a part of. And that's what he grew up in and that's what he chose to be and that's what he chose to do you know and how incredible is that that now after so many years of being in this rap culture he's actually by because usually what happens when a Christian when an artist becomes a Christian and they start releasing music that is actually for God they would actually just get completely abandoned by their culture and by their people that they have right and so even just watching a little interview of Kanye, how he how he actually just talks about the culture he was in, and he was like, you know what, I actually don't care about the culture. Like, I'm willing to actually sacrifice all that. Yeah. You know, and he did produce a Christian album, and the first time ever he's actually produced a whole album with no swear words in it. And each song is in a place of actually honoring God and seeing God. And isn't that, that's just amazing because... So many, so many times we actually kind of, I feel like we disregard famous people, but they need Jesus too. Yeah. 
and like as a church like man let's just celebrate that when there's a new believer in the body mm-hmm. and now that he's producing music that's actually holy and that's actually worthy of listening to like you can sit there and listen to that album with Jesus and you can just worship God to it you know and even like from his culture and his upbringing and everything that he's experienced like it actually may be one of the purest forms of worship to him and to others as well who have experienced that kind of culture and so yeah just going back to that album like I love it so much and I love just the things that he talks about like one of the lines was I never knew until I was made new you know and kind of going back to just religion and going back to culture like he actually was in a place where he just didn't know you know and he was accounted I guess accountable to what he did know but now as truth was being revealed and truth was setting him free now he knows and so after years and years he's actually now produced the full album and he's gave it to God he calls it Jesus is King and now the whole world is listening to this album because of his influence like the entire world will know Kanye West now as Jesus is King for producing an album like that you know and it's just so beautiful like even as a body like we need to celebrate things like that and we need to celebrate as well just like when people come like let's say it's on the street like celebrate those wins as well if somebody on the street gives their life to God because somebody who's on the street and homeless to Kanye like the reality is is they're the same they hold the same value so I guess just when somebody's famous, it's kind of interesting how the church is so easily kind of judging that and kind of going against that. But then there's a homeless person who just got saved and is kind of on a similar journey, but no talk talk is about that person, you know? And it's kind of interesting. Like, I had a little thought about that, and I'm kind of going, man, God, like, help me to see people the same way. Like, help me to see people who, on the street whether it's a homeless person getting saved. Like even just the other day, as I was just walking around doing a little bit of evangelism with the guys, and we just encountered these group of like young dudes, and just after chatting, kind of sharing my story, this guy actually like gave his life to God. Mm-hmm. He gave his life to God. There was a few healings that happened. The guy's back got healed and yeah. encountered God. You know, and he gave his life to God, and I'm thinking, like, man, that's incredible. And then a few weeks later, Kanye drops an album, and you kind of see his whole life actually is transformed by God. You know, and I'm like, man, help me to see these people the same way. Like, even though this kid is 16 years old and maybe doesn't have the influence of the whole world, but he's still a part of the body, and he actually got, he was lost and now he's found. Yeah. You know, and it's just the same way for Kanye. So that, are we, like, holding them on the same pedestal and actually... Just kind of just being a church and actually celebrating all the all the people who are in the kingdom and coming into the kingdom and things like that, you know? Like yeah. celebrating the wins, essentially. <laughs> yeah. And like, honestly, side note, but on this topic, <laughs> like, some of y'all just need to get out of famous people's lives. Like, <laughs> you don't even know them, okay? You ain't never talked to them a day in your life. <laughs> and they don't even know you exist, so... It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Just celebrate the fact that Kanye's talking about Jesus. Absolutely. Okay. You know? <laughs> so, 
But and it's cool as well, like even just looking at pictures of New York and stuff. Like his album cover, Jesus yeah. is King, is all all over these billboards, you know. And then at the end of the day, the name of Jesus is actually just still getting proclaimed, and it's still yeah. being recognized. Yeah, which is a win. Mm-hmm. You know. I think you kind of hit a, a a good point here, and I don't know if you necessarily said it exactly like this, but I think there, a lot of people have just a desire to just be right <laughs> mm, yeah. and out of that desire to just be right comes a lot of, of conflict when in reality like a lot of people just seek are just seeking to be understood right yeah and we actually just need to instead of trying to be right all the time we just need to understand so mm-hmm. let that be your challenge um you can seek to understand take away from this is is actually just seek to understand because it's not just about like unity in the church but it's like just like on a personal level like you got conflict with somebody like man just go just go talk about it you know like go communicate and just seek to understand them and and understand their point of view and and what they're bringing and just really value them as a person you know and Mm -hmm. man i promise you like if you can do that that is gonna like revolutionize your relationships absolutely promise you so but Man, Ernie, you're a beast. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, bro. And uh, man, just thanks for just sharing your wisdom and chatting with me. No worries. Love you. Appreciate it. <laughs> but and uh, yeah, and so thank you, uh, listeners, for listening, because <laughs> you guys are awesome too. You're a bunch of beasts. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I hope you were uh, just super challenged and encouraged, and yeah, hope you took some something away from what we talked about. Um, but yeah, I just hope you are just leaving this just super duper blessed and and just filled up with the love of Jesus, because man, he freaking loves you. But anyways, we'll see you next time. And uh, if you have any questions or you want to get in contact or I don't know. Any 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 thoughts, you can just go to encounterthegospel.org. <laughs>